0: Welcome to the Gate 7 International Podcast, your official English source for all things Olympiakos FC and Greek football. The first day of training is when I realized, oh,
1: this is why they win the league every year.
2: When I, I spoke with Kevin, if i going to sign or no for Olympiakos, he said, you're a pretty good deal, like my friend.
1: I can't speak, you're sure? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> Saga Fu Parapoli Panda What's happening? Everybody, we didn't know who was gonna do the intro today. <laughs> I thought you were gonna do the intro. <laughs> Welcome everybody. There's the three of us, the Holy Trinity here, if you want to call it that. I'm Costa, joining you from Belgium. I'm joined by co-host Labrosirmo, also in Belgium. Ari from the US. It's been a while, guys. Uh, some breaking news today. We're here to talk about new coach, new era, at Olympiacos. We're here to talk about everything, guys. Sunday night live, we're back If you haven't hit the like button already, hit that like button. Subscribe if you haven't done so. Get involved in the comments. We're going to be here the next hour, however long uh, we get this going. Ari, haven't seen you in a while, man. What's going on?
0: Well, when I'm not doing deep dives, man, it's just me and Michali hanging out. I talked (laughs) to Peter a little bit today, too. He's doing well also. Says hi to everybody.
1: Hi there. That's
0: good. It's good to hear Peter. I think Peter's
2: super happy that Pedro Martins has been fucked off to be honest oh, as well he was beaming he was yeah. beaming with happiness like i don't think he's ever been happier he's like pedro Martinez is gone it's like one of the best <laughs> days ever so. I mean, or he's not gone been- he's not even gone yet like can we start with here. that he's still he has fucking here <laughs> yeah. like what a joke like are you we haven't been able to get rid of him and also we were gate seven goes to him the club goes to him and they say Hey, Pedro, you need to fuck off. And they're like, wait, 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 wait. Don't leave before we find a new coach. Please do not leave yet. Like, you're gone, but don't leave. We need someone to make a European list. Can you please do that? Like, we can't afford to fire you. Oh, but also, can you train the players? We have no one else who can train the players. Pedro, please. Please, God. That's that's what Olympiacos come through.
1: Yes, Simo. We might, yeah, we have one of your guys from Switzerland here, yeah, Simo.
2: hopefully. We we find each other in the seats another time this season European game. Hi, what's up, everyone? You came we on an early rant of, of mine. <laughs> <laughs> already, already never... because like it's a joke, guys. They're like begging Pedro. They're like Pedro Martin, please stay to coach the team, but please resign as well. You,
0: uh, it, it can oh,
2: I've never seen anything so pathetic, but.
0: Anyway, well, before we get into the actual uh, the actual discussion about it, real quick guys, if you don't remember from the last show, we do have a new sponsor uh, for those of you that remember from last week, BetUS. We are partnering with BetUS not only to help you be able to bet on your favorite club, but also we're here to help you now try and win a little bit of money. With BetUS, we're hoping to combine our analytics, our player analytics, And some of these Vegas player props, game props to help make you guys some money and also bet on your favorite club. Use our promo code Gate7INTL at BetUS.com.pa and you will get a 125% deposit match when you make your account. Now, there are some restrictions. Not every country can use BetUS because of various uh, rights with regards to online betting. But if you are in one of the countries that can, we think you should do so. And we're going to be doing stuff. We have our bets of the day. We did them last week. We're going to be picking uh, our preferred bets and things that we think will be positive for you. Uh, for the games coming up, and we'll continue to do so. So if you guys are sports bettors and you
1: want to get into it and bet on Bet BetUS is the way to go. And with that, you know what? Uh, we're going to get into the coach. We're going to talk about Carlos Corbaran. Uh, I've been doing a lot of uh, – we're talking to a lot of people, a lot of contacts in the U.K., friends, people inside football, people that I know personally that I grew up with that watch championship football. Uh, Ari's been looking into tactics as well. We're going to bring some boards up. We're going to show you how he plays, what kind of systems, what he likes to do. Um, we've done our research. We're going to spend time with you guys to talk about it. But before we do that, um, I think it's interesting. I put out a poll a couple of days ago and I asked the question, what kind of manager do you think olibiacos needs right now? And there were four options. The first one was experienced manager. Second was young manager with ambition. Third was dictator. And fourth option was Greek. So those four options, uh, 43% of fans, this is about 600 people that voted, 43% of fans said they wanted an experienced manager. 31% the young uh ambitious type 20 percent. the dictator and Greek came in last with with six percent but I'm not sure well we 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 didn't get the experienced one in the end there was a lot of talk about Slav uh Slavin Bilic billich yesterday night this morning there seemed to be some some messages going around on social media that the we were close to agreement
2: Oh, I can two. tell you the story. He came out. You want me? To, I read the story yeah. uh, this evening. Billage came out. He said, I flew to Greece. I, cl- I talked with the club. Um, I was offered the position. And after thinking about it, I came to the realization that it wasn't the right point in my career to sign with Olympiacos. That's the story. So he came to Greece, spoke with the club, presented his vision, presented theirs, gave him an offer. He thought about it, turned it down. That's his side. According to Olympiacos, They never even. They don't know who uh, Slavon Bilic is. They denied he was even on the list. He wasn't there, and yeah,
1: yeah. Ari, Ari, what's your take? Like, um, so on this, on this, take take it, take it wherever you want to take it.
0: (laughs) So, I mean, regarding, I'll be honest with you. I wasn't when Bilic was announced and he was rumored. I wasn't super excited about him either. And it's funny because some of the same people I saw that got upset that Billich wasn't the name are the same people that would have been complaining about his football because he's a results-driven guy. That's his brand. That's his those are his he's results-driven football. That's how it is. That's not pretty. It's quite ugly, but it, it can work. And he's had success with it. So I was kind of surprised to see so many people complaining that we didn't get him. Yes, you know what? He's a bit of uh from what we've heard, uh, I don't. I don't want to say an authoritarian, but um, uh, so, somebody that will that will bring the locker room together. I think we'll say right. So a man manager in whatever respect, maybe he's a little bit more strict, a little bit more directorial in that respect. Sure, maybe that's what we needed. But I could just see, I could just see already. I, my mind was jumping six months and people complaining. Oh, we're we're getting results, but we look like shit again. They would have been the same carousel. And at this stage, there seems to have been a value if, if you base what the complaints have been by the fans, by the, by everywhere. The complaint has been, we the results meant nothing because our football was garbage and it's unsustainable. So you got to take one with the other. Now, I'm not saying that Corberon has less risk than Bilic does. He has risk and we'll get into that. But for for the complaints that I heard, we were hearing about Martin's, those same people complaining about the aspects of Martin's we didn't like are going to be the same people that would have complained if we signed Billich because we would have seen some of the same types of ball, maybe not as ugly, but results oriented, which inherently is an uglier brand of ball.
1: Now, spoke dude, because I was thinking about this. Like, obviously, the ever since Wednesday night, you know, thereafter. Looking at the names that were floated around, Carlos Corboran came out the next day as the number one contender. Themis Quesadis broke it on Sport24 the day after. Uh, Shabi Alonso was apparently in the fold. Uh, Javier Calleja came to Athens as well. We know that. He talked to the club, former Villarreal manager. Um, And then there was Slavi Bilic. And my... I mean I've been playing around with this in my mind obviously the last few days and I'm thinking there's no there's no perfect option guys there's risk in every every one of these different options like high low short term long term but my main concern with the with the the team like the playing part of our club right now is the dressing room and that's why I had that feeling that we needed a manager like Bilic, that's a motivator. That's a man manager that knows psychology. He was a player as well, a very good player in his time. Um, uh, and so, you know, that I was one of those that thought we need we need a mix of experience and ambition, hard to find. But with those names that we had, I thought Bilic. The risk with Bilic, to build on what you said, is that I think Bilic would have been a short term option that. He may have had an impact in the short term, but then it would kind of get a bit dry because I think some of the things that I've read today as well are right. That I mean, look at his teams. They've not produced any kind of sensational football. They are kind of results driven. He's a versatile manager. You can't say, oh, Bilic likes to play a 4 4 or Bilic likes a 3 4 He'll He'll adapt to what he has. And in that sense, I think Bilic could have come in and kind of given us a quick fix, but I don't know what that would translate to in the long term. But because there's all that gringa at ar- Olympiacos, I think it could have it could have helped to kind of simmer down the situation at the club. Then you've got a guy like Corberan, and the risk there is we're going to get into his profile and everything. He's a relatively inexperienced manager when you compare to a Rafa Benitez or like a you Know Bielsa was never gonna come, like okay. Yeah. <laughs> he was never gonna come. He's a he's a relatively inexperienced. He's been an assistant coach at Villarreal. he's been an assistant coach at Leeds with Bielsa, he's been an assistant coach at the Spanish national team. Some of us are thinking about Victor Sanchez comparisons. I don't think it's the same, like we can we can get into that, but he's definitely a guy that has a lot of potential that we hear a lot of positive things about. But do we have the patience? Do we have the patience as fans to wait and see what this guy can do? Because I'm not sure how he's going to handle that dressing room when he gets in there. If he's capable of doing it, because yeah. that dressing room is not a happy place right now. What I'll end with this: the last thing I will say is that our friends Martial Olbiacos France on Twitter is a Marseille fan bielsa was at marseille the one thing he told us about uh, bielsa and, and corberan is that if corberan picked up 10% only 10% of what he could from bielsa then corberan is already somebody that knows our squad inside out and every single player that's in that squad all 47 players and that gives me some kind of comfort that he's not walking in blind what the real situation is at the club that's my biggest worry that's my biggest worry with Corbran is how he's going to deal with that dressing room the first day he gets in the first speech he gives to those players because that first speech that he gives to the players is going to set the tone for for the the entire season it's it's massive
2: yeah i guess dropping my like my points the same as costa i was leading towards billich because the personalities and characters we have in the dressing room. Um, let's be really honest of what Huddersfield Town is as a football club. No disrespect, again, no disrespect, but they don't sign players with money. Like players come for free. Blah blah blah. It's a loan. It's like their owner doesn't spend a lot of money. Even when they went to the Premier League, if I remember, they barely spent any money. Um, like, what, what type of personalities was he seeing in the locker room? He's now working and in, walking into a locker room with experienced players who honestly have, like, a better CV than he does, have more experience at top-end football than he ever has. Like, Socrates, Manolas, Jan Envia, El Arabi, and Matieva Buena, Avram is even in the dressing. Like, there's players there, older, more senior players, who literally have more experience at this at the highest level than he ever has. Like I, I that's why I think Billich would have demanded respect. He also would have told the club, I want this, I want that. And no questions asked. Now we have a situation where I don't know what the situation is going to be with, with Corberan. Maybe he has better man management than we even know. But all I know is he's a player. He's a locker room full of characters and players who know what playing at the top level is like and what, is to be expected. He's coming from the second division of a small town in the North of England where the expectations were, okay, you're going to be mid table. He had a great season last season, but the expectations and pressure here are something that he I'm going to be honest, has probably never experienced in his life. And he's walking into a scenario where a lot of the players are not happy. Um, there's tension everywhere, bloated squad, 40 to 50 players, trying to get them out, trying to get them in. What I, I will tell you guys, um, Manos, cheers, mate. Um, yeah. The best thing I could say to Carlos Corberan, if he was listening tonight, fuck no, he probably is not. But if I could say something, I would tell him, call David Fusta right now and say, please come, please come help me. Like I need someone who knows this club and how it works to be helping me do this essentially that that would be my biggest recommendation he needs he needs help with he needs someone who knows what this is like he's walking in he can do his research he can google he can go on y scout and look at the analytics but when you walk into that football club when you feel that pressure of winning every single game Let's see how he really does in November with a derby. So I w- I would call David Fuster right now. I'd even call I'd call anyone who would answer. I'd call Chori Dominguez, but mostly Fuster because he's he would be down. I think Fuster if he got the call right now, and he said, "Okay, Cor- Corberan, I need help. Will you come?" F- Fuster would say, "It would be my honor to come," and I I couldn't recommend that more so. Um, i don't know if Excellent. you guys agree with that but by himself it's... i think he's in trouble i'm gonna say it from the very start like i think he's really in trouble if he if he may costa's right he has more experience but guys the locker room is so toxic it's so bad i i don't know how a 39 year old from huddersfield town can do this i no offense against them but this is a completely different different can, can i
1: can i address something real quick because this this yep. point about huddersfield and championship i seen a lot and read a lot and heard a lot about this the last couple of days that you know Huddersfield Town must hate us because two of their best players went to Forest, now we took their manager as well, now jokes aside, this message from Manu uh, I'm going to read it in, in Greek so that's the point that We seem to be doing a lot of shopping from Huddersfield right now. Um, Do not repeat, do not underestimate the level of football that's played at the championship. You call it Vita Aglias, or like second division, second tier football in England. The championship is a very particular league. You need, need a very particular style to be able to compete they're more than was it 20 I think 24 teams in the league it's one of the longest in Europe in terms of fixtures how many fixtures they play plus the cups and everything is is legit one of the toughest leagues in Europe so do not underestimate the people that we're bringing from the championship to come and play and level up with us now about Huddersfield Town, I'm not gonna get into tactical analysis because Ori's done that. But what I will say, as background, and some of you have probably already done your reading, like you've read the articles and whatever. Corberan took this team and he managed them for two years.
2: Gosta, can you know, I cut you off real quick? Since you're English, can you explain the context of Huddersfield Town? Like what where is I I'm I'm is gonna be really... that guy. I don't know what Huddersfield is. No. I don't know where it is. I was I gonna know. say the same thing. I like, think this I is I literally don't know shit. Like, can we get some context it's of a like, village what it in is the, like?
1: It's a village in like mid-north, like north of England. It's a really small town. Like Huddersfield Town actually made it up to the Premier League a couple of seasons ago. I think it was what 2018 with David Wagner. Um and I mean you talk to some Huddersfield town fans and David Wagner's a legend for them of course because he managed to take them back up to the Premier League and keep them there I think they went down the second season um and the way they talk about Carlos Corboran is very similar and some of them you know they give even more praise for him than David Wagner the guy that took them up so this is a very small small town club that dropped down from the Premier League and struggled big time they weren't ready like when they dropped back down to the championship and um and in his first season they finished 20th are you guys still hearing me
2: yeah, yeah the the green screen has gone down Oh, no. <laughs> Technical difficulties. Technical problems. Sorry about the green, Sorry about the green fucking, behind me. Fucking now, Huddersfield Town was like, call up Anonymous for the yeah. hack.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Hackgate 7 International. <laughs>
2: like, fuck these guys. No, Trolls.
1: Okay, look. My point was, first season, Carlos Corbran finished 20th. 20th out of 24th. Yeah? They were floating mid-table. They finished 20th, and everybody but everybody was predicting that Huddersfield would either go down or finish right near the bottom relegation battles this season.
2: Yeah.
1: They finished third with a very low budget. They made some transfers. I think they were nearly all of them free transfers, and the guys managed to take them to third. In the league, okay, from twentieth from bottom to third to the playoffs final to the game with the the biggest money. I had to do it. I had to put it it. (laughs) Nice try, nice try.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Um, but yeah, no, he did remarkable stuff there, and the the players were kind of shit. No offense. Like I watched the one final with Nottingham Forest. I don't watch the championship, but like. They had this central defender named Sar. I think his name was. Yep. Holy shit. This was like one of the worst footballers I've seen. He played for 45 minutes. He was terrible. Pipa, of course, was there. Uh, some of the other players. I don't know. Should we get into like some comments? Or Adi, do you want to like get into some of the tactical stuff? Should we do comments before... Yeah. Uh...
0: Do a couple of comments first and then I'll jump into everything. Cause I've already seen a couple of questions about it. There were people that kept DMing me about uh, play styles and stuff too, but there's a couple of questions we can address first before we get into everything.
2: Yeah, Okay. So I, I want to like, you guys can pull comments, I'll pull comments. Um, I think I saw a comment. Hold on. Andrea says Martins came from Victoria, Guimaraes and did quite well the first three and a half years. That's fair, but he also didn't come after the team got knocked out. There was um he that's came true. with a preseason. He came before the preseason, kind of got to analyze. He saw a few games and, and Turk uh, things. Stats said, I hear they had one of the smallest budgets in the previous season. They Still yeah, they did. They, they have did. a very small budget. Costa's back, green screen back. Um,
0: well, and that's, and here's, this is where like the silver lining is, right? Because all the risks that were brought up, it's 100% true. But what's also true is we have signed coaches before that had very little pedigree that also did things. Pedro Martins is one of those. Yeah. Uh, a certain other coach that had some success with us named Misha also didn't have much experience before he came to us. He had a spell at Getafe. I, may, I think maybe Sevilla, too. for a Where was bit. Marco Silva before Olympiakos? I don't even remember now.
1: It's been- no, that's
0: a good call. Oh, there you go. that's right. Okay, so
2: that's more pedigree
0: than yeah. A little bit more pedigree, yeah. But I mean, it's this isn't the first time, and 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 again, Lamba, you already kind of brought this up before. He had some really awful players, and that's stuff I'm gonna get into too, because in a system that he employed, which does take homage, I'm not gonna say it is a carbon copy of a Bielsa system, because I think that disparages a little bit what um what he has done himself, but The system that he has works with more technical players, and he did not have very technical players. I did not see a lot of one-touch at Huddersfield. And in a system that he uses, you have to have players that can move the ball pretty quickly. So I think with all that in respect, like this is a silver lining for us like because, okay, maybe we're not going to have that type of shoestring budget, but we are a team on a budget, Right. And
2: Adi, just even, to make up the point, uh, Huddersfield Town is worth 21 million euros on transfer mark. 125 million euros.
0: So exactly. So uh, I think that this—that's the silver lining right there. You know what I mean? He's done. He's done pretty well with worse. Yeah, 20 million And at the very euros, least, we can like, say we have more technical players than Huddersfield yeah. does.
2: It's interesting to me, Adi, because like the way he played with Huddersfield Town like you're not going to be able to play the way you play with Huddersfield Town with Olympiacos there's going to be changes to um, to the way he plays surely right like there's no way you can play with a small budget team in the championship the same way as you play with Olympiacos I'm wondering about that I know
0: You know what that's a really good question Lambro. and why don't why don't we get into some of the tactics right. because I can explain it. where I think it's going to go right. uh because Let's I already There are some people already here that are that are doing this uh, that are asking okay. these questions and putting their comments here so i'm just going to share my screen for you guys so now bear with us this is my first time doing any kind of deep dive on a coach so this is going to be a little bit of a new experience for all of us
1: that's not what the ladies like to hear man
0: <laughs> so can everybody see my screen okay Yep. so for those of you that have that know absolutely nothing about this coach Uh, The system that he employs, it is going to be primarily a 3-4-3. This is what he used at Huddersfield. This is what he has used pretty much everywhere he's done any kind of coaching stint. It's a 3-4-3 that somehow turns into a 4-3-3. Now, what we mean by that is he's going to have, of course, his three stoppers here, but he's going to do this differently than Pedro Martins. This central center back that's here when he does exist is not usually a real center back. This guy right here is usually the number 6 or the single pivot in the midfield. So that's another difference. He doesn't use a double pivot like the Portuguese coaches we've had to. We don't have we're not going to hopefully not see too many of these double center defensive mids playing together slowing our play up. It's usually one. That's what he used at Huddersfield. That could be context for the players that were available, but that's what was here. And generally what you're going to see in terms of the buildup from this 3-4-3, and I'll get into the 4-3-3. Don't worry. Everybody's been asking me about it. I'll get into that. The way the 3-4-3 works in buildup is you're going to see the ball play, The goalkeeper is going to be have to play the ball. Just like in some of those Spanish systems like Guardiola, you're going to see anytime the goalkeeper has the ball, the center backs are going to have to drop back. And then, the, the midfielder here, the holding midfielder that also will play as a third center back, he will float. He'll make runs in and out here. These runs are not for him to actually receive the ball. Very, very rarely does this guy ever receive the ball when the buildup starts. His purpose is to be a guy to pull, whether it's the individual pressing or somebody else away so that there's space here for one of the midfielders, whether it's one of these inside midfielders to track back or one of these wingers to track back here. That is the general idea of how the buildup is going to start. Now, once buildup obviously starts, the goal here is going to be a little bit like organized chaos. The ball is usually going to come, whether it's to one of the side uh, center backs here, it's going to come and it's generally going to play through into the midfielder. But, only while these certain runs are happening. there's This whole system is contingent upon these very fluid, very dynamic runs. And you are going to see, when the ball is moving or when the ball's in place here at the center back, there's going to be two or three runs happening at the same time. You are going to see rotating runs out by the wingers here, the wingers and the the wingbacks. And you're also going to see runs in here from the center mid and the forward. You're going to see the forwards that are going to come back like this, and you're going to see all this kind of chaos created. And the purpose of this is to completely catch the midfield or to completely catch, we'll say, the defending players off guard. Uh, It's a system that's I kind of thought of like organized chaos because it does create chaos, but that's where the opportunities become or come in because you'll see people, some trying, like double marking a player here and there, and it creates all of this space. But that's the general idea. And there's one other point I want to make here before we get into some specifics and I show you guys another map that actually has some players on it. What do you notice here? Costa Alambro, do you notice anything in particular when you see this?
1: We're in the middle.
0: Just when you look at this, just look at the pegs and the way they're shaped. Do you notice anything? And I'll try to move the pegs closer. Maybe this will help.
2: Well, clearly the triangles it makes exactly. like there's yeah, Exactly. Yeah.
0: Exactly. This game for for the for the coach is all about triangles. They have to be everywhere and they are present everywhere. This is why he likes this 3-4-3. Three, three. This guy seems to love triangles because they are built everywhere. Now, I had told you before, we see him not just in the 3-4-3, but we also see uh, once in a while a 4-3-3. What happens with the 4-3-3? The holding midfielder comes up out of the center back area. The wingbacks will drop a little bit deeper. The center backs will pinch a little bit closer in, and then he will play more as a 4-3-3. The holding midfielder will be your single pivot anchor, kind of like what Jan and Vila does for us already. He's not going to move too much away from here unless the line comes up higher. These two midfielders in here are going to be moving. They're going to be kind of given free reign to go wherever they want. Uh, there's usually at least one out-and-out winger that will kind of float around here to help create space and one inside winger that's going to be cutting, making these runs in, which is giving the, uh, the forward here freedom to drop in. Uh, what I saw, this system really needs a forward that can drop in. El Adabi, at his best, can do that for us uh, very well. And that's just going to be the general, just the general gist of what the formation that he does offers us. Uh, now, there's a couple problems which some of you have already asked me already, and some of you are probably getting now. Some of you may have noticed that uh, a system like that is more successful in, in a counter, uh, drawing players in, creating these movements so that you can then cut things through space. This is true. And this is one of the question marks. How effective will this be in Greece? Because in Greece, we're not going to have a lot of players pressing us. So you're not going to have a lot of instances where this is my second graph, where you have teams that are pressed high. Now I just did for this uh, for simplicity's sake, I chose a simple 4-4-2. Uh, the, red, the red squares that you see here, these are the opponents in this imaginary scheme. 4-4-2, uh, a little bit staggered here with the 3-4-3 of Bielsa in the black. So generally, as I mentioned before, the the players that are in the press, you usually have one guy that comes here. Then the purpose of the third center back here is to make a faint, a fake run to draw this player here. This way, when the goalkeeper then plays the ball, you have one midfielder. Usually it will be either the far one here to draw the second, the second midfielder here, or the idea is to draw this midfielder in to draw another midfielder here then you have one of these other defenders that are also should be making a run as this guy is supposed to be also doing an overlap and a rotation run with another player here to cause confusion simply with these two people. Because if one if one of these defenders makes a mistake and gets stuck on the same person, then when the ball gets played, look at the space. Look at the lanes that open up. And then this is how those counters are formed. The problem is going to become in Greece when this doesn't happen. And the teams that we play against, like the Pasianinas of the world, the Lamias of the world, the the well, maybe not the Panatolicosas of the world. They were a little bit more open against us. When they sit like this, mid-block, you have two guys that won't leave here. Then the problem becomes, well, okay, how are we going to break this down? And the way that this was done at Huddersfield was basically it involved – The back three staying more or less like this, pushing the wingers higher. The forward dropping a little bit deeper with your attacking-oriented midfielders rotating and pushing this way so that you eventually get similar to what we saw with Coach Pedro Martins. You would see a line of five people kind of like this with your two midfielders here and then the center back with the ball here. Now, the only thing I saw that indicated to me what could be done about some of the buses that were parked were in some of the instances I saw with Huddersfield, which were not very often. And what that involved was literally a constant movement, whether it was the forward and the inside winger here cutting in to create this rotation to try and draw uh, one of these defenders to a double mark and create some open space. Or instead of the forward, we saw the inside wingers dropping with the same purpose to draw these here. The wing backs either cutting in or cutting forward with width to pull this, to pull him back, and to pull this back. And then with the purpose of giving the individual here more space to carry the ball to give them time coming forward. So this is where the kind of the concern is for me because as you see here, what is probably going to end up happening in Greece is we're going to get this clutter here. And that's going to mean that uh, we're going to be relying on these half spaces from some of these players to sit in. And that's going to be we're going to be relying on some quick play in triangles to get us out of this to break these defenses down and that's something that Albiakos hasn't done very well and when we're talking about when we're talking about risk of what we have here this is a huge risk to us because if we can't break these teams down what is the what is the point of it and that's that's a risk for me at least in the uh uh, when it comes to the offensive side of things with possession here, it's not it's not a done deal. We have, I believe, the technical players to make this a more fluid system, more one-touch that can break those things apart, break those defenses down. I am just a little bit concerned that what we're going to see is going to end up leading to more uh, haplessness. You guys remember what we saw with Bielsa's team in Leeds? You remember what we saw? Well, Huddersfield fans probably also remember what they saw with with their coach they would get caught forward make mistakes because their technical players couldn't keep up with the system then they get caught on the counter which we got caught on the counter a lot last year in greece
1: well
2: it's incredible honestly that was so good adi like i i'm so used to the level of analysis we have in greek football and on the radio and on like sites i'm just like Holy shit! That was so good, and you explained it so clearly. <laughs> it
0: did like, it make sense? to You, this, I've never no, done it a deep dive a on coaches sense. before, so I was like, no, I was kind of worried. That was fantastic. Okay, I'm glad. I'm glad that you guys that I didn't lose people here. But I did see a question about the black pins, though. No, um, so
1: there was somebody asking who plays the four four two when you brought the ones out, but that was the opposing oh. side. That was the opposing side, yeah. I just did that for for just to show
0: you guys how to take advantage of space. Of course, again, it, with different formations and some of the crazy stuff we've seen in Greece, it gets a little bit more, um, it gets a little bit more intricate. And that and all we talked about just now was us in possession. We didn't even talk about us in the press. And this is where the murder ball comes into play, because this is the especially when we don't have the ball. That's where we see the influence from BielSA. And that's where we can see the exposure. And that's what concerns me a little bit when we get into Europe. because man, when we're playing against some of these higher caliber teams in Europe, that is where we're going to see some of these problems. And I want I, w- I just want to be clear to everybody. I don't want I don't want you guys to think that i'm I'm telling you all of this just to scare you. And oh he's going to fail. We're going to get our asses kicked. No. I'm just telling you that this when we say that this is a risky play for a coach, this is a risk because this guy is a risk taker. This type of ball that was that was really made famous by Bielsa, Bielsa. is all about taking risks because the risk is the reward. You know, what what is there's no juice without a squeeze as they say. So mm-hmm. and this is it. It's great risk, but we can have great reward. That is uh, – that that's that's kind of it. And if you want to see the the off-the-ball stuff, I do have that as well. But if you, anybody has any other questions, you guys have any other comments you want to make, before we do that, I think we should address them. Uh,
2: I should just say I think the defenders we have, can they play in this system?
0: Yeah. That was well, at question. least we don't yeah. need three center backs. He doesn't seem to want three center backs. And, and this is another thing. <laughs> Do, Ruben Sameda was our ball-playing centre-back. Do we have somebody else that you guys are comfortable with no. distributing the ball out the no, back
1: like No, that? no, no.
2: no yeah. Markovic, maybe. But nope. it will. never mind. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Gianni I just to,
1: I, I, I want to take my hat off to you one more time for that. I thought yeah. that was fantastic, and was so good. Uh, you got some comments during that as well. I think one Stratos was saying you should be the new assistant coach um level leveling up on this channel guys if you like that like give my boy Ari some respect uh give us a like subscribe if you haven't done so already guys um we're leveling up here at gate 7 International I see there have been some Alothriski as well joining us today good evening to them you know whenever they find the road back from Kabbalah or from whatever village they've been playing in Europe some of them don't play in Europe uh anyway guys yeah uh (laughs) had to say that um listening to you mate like obviously Labra just made the point and uh Banayodis as well he's asking the question you know vasalka could drop drop into that back three um he obviously knows Gonzalo Avila from his time at, at Huddersfield as well but the other point that you were talking about the midfields it seems a bit like triangle offense tiki-taka like he wants those technical players that can play the ball like in right. the triangles and move up the field with the ball on the floor but when you come up against those buses in Greece you're going to need some players that can switch the field from one side to the other uh pinpoint we've got a couple of players that can do that yes, one yes. is and Villa if he sticks around and the other one is uh bomb that we just signed he can switch the field very, very well. But basically, listening to you, mate, like I don't think we have the players that can play that system. Certainly not the 3 4 3. And we'll talk about this more, obviously. But is he? Like, I don't think he's going to be playing that on Thursday, for example. Like, What do you expect he's going to try and do? Short term, can we I, do it with these players?
0: Look, I, I will just because. I gave you guys the general sense of it doesn't mean he can't play more defensive, and I that's the reason I brought this question up from sale here. Did he change the Huddersfield play style to something more conservative during the playoffs? He did, and so something I haven't brought up yet because I was going to wait till we got into the more defensive side of things to bring this up. Uh, he he has run a three five two as well. Uh, he did use that a lot in the playoffs. During the championship playoffs, he actually used that against Nottingham Forest. He played more of a three-five-two. the The thing with, um, uh, oh my God, the thing with Corberan is he seems to have what I kind of started calling a two-phase approach, right? A two-phase approach to the to the game, and what I mean is that the, he always seems to start off these games, usually the first phase is a little bit lower tempo, lower press version. He'll sit deeper, maybe mid-block at best, less pressure, really pulling the team in, waiting for those counterattacks. But then the second half is usually when it's much higher press, much higher tempo. And this is what we kind of saw him do a lot. So I gave you guys the general sense of how his tactics worked. What I didn't talk about was more of the context with how he likes to play, how he, ma- he man-manages on the field. And it's very, it's very complicated. His system is very complicated. There's a lot of different moving parts, and that's why things can get so confusing, not just for his team, but for the other teams as well. Uh, the, the system is, is very chaotic. And the, the whole point of this is he has the capability to be a defensive a defensive guy, a defensive oriented coach with with Huddersfield he I don't think they could keep up this high press high pressure system like bielsa did with Leeds he can't he knew his players couldn't keep up with that so he developed this more efficient approach let's wait, spend a half drawing them in taking pressure soaking pressure soaking pressure second half all guns blazing we're moving forward so i I would believe right well I mean I don't know his personality. I don't know what kind of risks that this guy takes. So I don't know if he's going to go all defensive or more offensive, uh, during a Europa league. Me personally, I would be more conservative. I would sit back a little bit, uh, not take as many risks until I see how the game was flowing, but, that's that's just me. I don't know how he react, but he does have the capability to play more defensive because he did do it with Huddersfield. It was just usually in this two-phase approach that we saw over the course of two games or two halves. If that answers your question.
2: Yeah. Yeah. I, I think like a lot of people in the comment section, I'm a bit concerned about how this is going to work with our personnel and with our players and in our league. And in our time period, without a preseason, without any transfers for him, so
1: it seems a bit out of sync with like some of the signings that we look to be making right now as well. I mean, yeah. we're apparently close to um, what's his name, ba- uh, bardi from Levante. Adder. He, Adder. He's like yeah. a, a an attacking midfielder ten. Right. But I mean, you look at the four three three. This guy is impl- employed with the three four three, and you know where does he fit in? For example, uh. T- 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 it's obvious, eh? we're talking about Bielsa bull here, so we're talking about quick, high press, very technical, very meticulous, in uh, some cases, uh, yeah. High energy, high energy. And I look yeah. around this team right now and I'm thinking, okay, who's gonna fit this mold? And the only one I can think of really right now is uh Vasalco when he's fit in defense, Manolas if he ever gets fit. Back to his best. The Israeli, I've never seen play. The Korean, I think, fits his system. Yeah, it does. 100%. Yeah. Um, Rodriguez, but he's never fit.
0: No. Yeah.
1: Never fit. El Arabi, I said it earlier today and I'm going off on a tangent here, but if it's true that there is an offer coming in for El Arabi, I say cut losses and get rid. Like, I'm. I just well, needed to get that out of my, you my know, chest.
0: You know what's funny? And we, we kind of have been giving this player a little bit of shit because he hasn't been doing well in the preseason. But the more I watched how players were running around and getting behind defenders and rotating with other players, I kept thinking there is a player I think will really benefit from this system, and that's Yorgos Masuras. Yorgos Masuras' characteristics, his his best characteristics, are his abilities to run, get in behind defenders – uh, move around, create space for himself, and he also is a good finisher. He can get into, when we saw, when when Patrick did that uh, analysis of Masuras, he's basically a second striker out on the wing. And this type of strategy, this type, these tactics that he uses, to, he can get Masuras into those places and get the most out of him, get that goal-scoring ability out of him, that real, I'll say, Steljianakopoulos type of output from him. I think that can come from a system like this. So he's a type of player that I think would really benefit from here. I saw, I saw you brought up a comment. Somebody said, Agibu, I think Agibu could really benefit from a system like this as well, but again, not in one of those elevated roles, but more as one of the, the center mids in, in this, not like a, a, in a 10 role. So uh, those are players. Those are players that I think would do well. Um, If we're in this three, four, three, not the four, three, three part of it. Oleg, I don't think Oleg can do this. I don't think Oleg can be a part of this 3-4-3 system. When he drops the wingbacks deeper into hit the 4-3-3, I think Oleg has a place. But I think this this Israeli kid, Doran Ledner, is going to be more valuable to us uh, in a more advanced uh, wingback wing back role. And speaking of guys, Doran Ledner, uh, some of you guys have asked about the deep dive on him. I'm sorry that's taken a little bit longer. Uh, after... I did the Korean Huang uh, uh, in bomb. Um, I have gone through the tape it's ready to go. there was things I was trying to do for this but it's not gonna be ready for this deep dive maybe the next one but uh, it should be it should be out for you guys. I should have it done either tonight or tomorrow for you.
2: Also um, I'm seeing it come up now that you mentioned Oleg um, didn't he start his career as a central defender?
0: I believe like, I did. That's why nice. don't we
2: just, why don't we just, th- could we throw him in
0: there and he's like a ball playing center back now? Like, I don't know. That's an option. That That That's is an it. option. Yeah. And hey, uh, I, I'll tell you guys something. This coach does tinker with players, he moves them around. Maybe in places we didn't see them before, maybe in places they're not comfortable in, but I don't see him as a type of coach that will change a system to fit the players. I do see him as a type of coach to take different players out of their normal position to fit the system he plays. That's that's how I see this coach, to be perfectly honest with you guys. So maybe maybe he'll decide, "Hey, uh Oleg, I want to check you out as uh as one of these center backs." Maybe, I don't know. I guess we'll have to wait and see. But that's a that's an interesting, very interesting uh comment there
1: do you remember in Pedro Martinez's second season he used to do that all the time what you showed in the tactical analysis where literally every single goal kick Saar would put the ball down on the right you'd have Semedo and on the left you'd have media and both yeah. were good with the ball at their feet who do you do yeah. that with now that, don't, that's I, the question I don't, trust, I don't trust any one of our centre backs to get the ball in that position and start a build up no we don't have we don't have those players that can do that
0: no you're right and so that means
1: that that there's a reason I mean this is now I'm getting into transfer talk now there's a reason why we're starting to hear about bids for Manolas bid for Um umtiti came in into the fold the other day French World Cup winner, Barcelona player, he's not coming. He's probably going back to France. He's not coming yeah. here, guys. I don't know if Papasatopoulos and Manolas will leave. If one of them goes, I, I I don't want to say. More likely Socrates than Manolas. I think if Manolas were to were to leave, it's a comms, it's like a comms nightmare for the club as well. Like six months after he joins, could you imagine? I just yeah. can't see it. But again, like listening to you, it's like who the hell, who the hell can play the ball out of the back with the centre backs that we have? Soccer, well, this is probably the best.
0: Yeah, maybe. But I will say this also: um, I did see in um, there was a there was one game, but this was at the beginning of like when things were with Huddersfield didn't start off so well. He did mess with the the four two three one. So he does have at least some experience there. I don't think it's a system he likes because he, he he messed with it when things weren't doing well. Um but uh yeah, I I don't um I I could see him just maybe sticking with a 433. I don't know. It's There's, there's so many things and I don't know his personality like four years, even though obviously we never met Martins personally with all of his on the field actions. We got an idea of his personality, what things he did and didn't do. We have no idea what, what, what this guy's preferences are or in a pinch, what he'll do uh, when there's pressure on how he'll react. So that's the, that's the, that's, I don't, I don't know if how he's going to react to that. I, based on what I've seen, he seems to always want to come back to this three, four, three, four, three, three, uh, whatever, you know. Between those two, and I think that's what he's going to try his best to to stick with. How he's going to end up doing that, we'll we'll just have to wait and see. It's
1: risky, man. It's risky. It is, because, this like, is a huge risk. It's a
0: huge risk. So it, is, it is. It it's is. It so is. But risky. I'm going to tell you guys something, okay? Because this it is a risk, but let, this this coaching tenure, it's not going to be one of those where it's like, eh, it was like okay, whatever. This is either going to be. Blow us out of the water 2019 2020 level of like wow, this is awesome. Or this is gonna be Ewald Lenin Besnik Hazi, worst shit we've ever seen because it's gonna it's gonna backfire. It's 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 gonna be one of those two extremes. So in that you respect, know, it's flip a
1: coin. That's what I'm telling to, you. You, you just don't have thing. the time. You don't have the yeah. time. It's got a game on Thursday, it's got another game the Thursday after that, and then another one, it's nonstop. Is literally like he's missed preseason. That it's like I don't I, I I don't know. Probably what will end up happening, and can say what we want now on this show. Four three three, or four one four one. Like you say, you said to me earlier that he likes to play a pivot, a pivot as a one. as a holding player in front of the defense that also drops back and makes it like a five when we're defending. Yeah. So then the question is we you and I talked about this earlier. Who can play that role? Does he like playing with a a Kane type player that, that runs? Works. Yeah. Or does he want a ball playing defensive midfielder as the pivot? And we've got one of those. He's not incredibly mobile, but boy, can he pick a pass. Yeah.
2: Andreas like Oh. Wait. Wait, I thought you were talking about ball. No, well,
1: <laughs> Sorry, this sorry. Cool right.
2: I'm so Shut glad up. you brought
0: up the four-one-four-one. Right, I'm so yeah. glad you brought that up uh, because we have this question here from Dawn of the Blackhearts. That's an incredible name, by the way. It just feels so uh, so dark. <laughs> but how um, how does this guy compare to Ernesto Valverde? And the the answer to that is he in possession. That I don't see a comparison. There's there's not much of a comparison there. But on the defensive side of things. There are some similarities, but maybe in the nature of what this guy picked up from, uh, from Bielsa. So I have one more little chart for you guys. Another little coaching session, if you will allow me. And uh, I, I do hope you guys like this again. This is like my first time uh, analyzing it, any kind of coaching stuff. So I hope you like it. It's so good. But like everyone this is, this, this is the pressing strategy. So, Um, the Huddersfield team had different approaches for defending. As I mentioned to you before, they played a lot off the counter. I'm not going to focus on that. I'm going to focus on the direct press because this is the type of pressing scheme we will see in Greece. Teams that are kind of sitting further back in their side of the field and the scheme with how we will approach this. So as I mentioned to you before, he does things in kind of a two-phase approach. And you are going to notice when he presses the the formation that you see when we are pressing is this 4141. Regardless if we're playing in possession as a 343 or whatever, it will line up like this when we are on the press, almost maybe 7 or 8 out of 10 times. When we're on a direct press, it'll be this kind of four, one, four, one. You will have the single pivot that I mentioned to you before. This is going to be your, your, the holding mid that will sometimes go back to make this back three, your, your wing backs will usually be in line unless they're getting more aggressive. They will pinch way further up or at the very least, that's what happened with Huddersfield. These guys were pinched very high. And in the second half, this line is all the way up here. This defensive line will sit at midfield. They will suffocate the other team, and you will literally see something like this. Now, generally, the way the press works is uh, when, let's say that you have the center back here with the ball, the striker, this is the key. This is the first point of the press, and this is the point where the press moves around because depending how he goes to the ball, whether he goes from one side or the other, this is how everybody will shift. Now, some of you are probably thinking, well, you said he's going to press from one side or the other. He's not going to go straight up. Mm -mm, Not in this system. And you'll notice that with Bielsa's system uh, at Leeds, it was very similar. The striker picks a direction. Usually, he's picking the direction where he sees the most players. So he will come, and if he's coming this way because he sees that he has more players on this side of the field, the right side of the field, he will run to force the ball to be played this way. Now, as he... Is moving as he's moving and running this way. This the this wider winger here is moving to cover this space. The attacking midfielder is also running up, and then this midfielder is holding here, pinching to close the lane, uh, to uh, hopefully to intercept and to determine whether or not the ball is going to be played to one of the midfielders that are lying in here. I don't have the the squares up, but I'll put a couple squares here for you guys so you can see. Um, there's one square there. There's one square there. Just so that I can illustrate what I'm talking about. So the, the whole purpose of this midfielder here, when this guy's moving to cut the easy play here, is his goal is to try and either cut the lane down here or maybe intercept the ball here. And then that's the job of this pivot is to work off of what his partner in the midfielder is doing, whether they're rotating this way or wh- whether they're rotating this way. Now, many of you are looking at this and say, well, why would the front midfielder not cover this? This is the easier play. This is the easier ball. Why would he waste the time here to pivot here? Well, Corberon likes to play some mind games. He likes his midfielders to do that too. And there's they seem again, I'm not, I don't know if this is the case, but they seem to like to draw a play. They like to draw the ball. So this guy will maybe cut the harder pass away to force the ball in here because this false sense of security just to, just for the sake of getting out of the press will lead the quick ball to be played here. Now he's got a defender on his back, and you have a winger here ready to pinch in and create the mistake. I saw plenty of cases where that happened, uh, enough to where it made me believe entirely that it was intentional. Uh, but th- generally what you saw was whether the player was going here and you had a midfielder coming up here to take the space away. This is what you saw in defense. Now, when things get more aggressive, I mean, you have even more people up here. You have this defensive line ho- pushing up the whole way. Even this pivot midfielder, this, this poor guy, his name was Hogg for Huddersfield, would get caught so many times pushing so far up that you had maybe one person in the way to stop a counter uh, if, he, if he missed his mark or if he misjudged this. But uh, just to give you guys an idea of things that we saw but this is similar this is a this is Bielsa this is Bielsa 2.0 this is murder ball because all it takes is one mistake from i from usually this pivot midfielder here to then lead to a dangerous counter now obviously i think we have some better defensive players than that i think we have some more technical players i don't think we're going to at least in Greece bite it on as many occasions but it is something for you guys uh to watch out for but the name of the game here is it is I I said murder ball. It is chaos. It is pressure. It's to bring the heat in that respect. And even though we didn't see this type of press very often in the championship from Huddersfield, I have a feeling that this is what we'll see more in Greece because these are the types of teams that we are going to play against. And one other quick thing before I let this go, don't be surprised also if in the case that you don't see this striker here pressing, that it is one of these midfielders. Coming up and making the press—that's another little game that he likes to play to to put the defense off balance and maybe make a a forced pass. It's it was very interesting and I saw it a lot. Uh, again, uh, to the point where it just it didn't make sense because you had the striker here. This should have been the guy pressing, but you have a guy almost twenty meters away coming to make that press. It was incredible stuff. Very interesting here. So to the back to the question about is this close to? Uh, Ernesto system. Similarly, yes, because Ernesto did a high press system that was like this, usually with a single pivot, pushing everybody forward. And this system does the same, and it's very similar in the manner that um, Bielsa used back at Leeds. So I hope you guys like that. I hope that uh, at least gave you some kind of idea on what we could expect from that type of press. Now, who can play that role? In, in, as that pressing, that, that single pivot in the midfield that can also go back, play the ball out. Uh, maybe Juan can. I think, I think Envila could do, I think Yan Envila could do at least the possessive parts, but I don't know if he has the stamina or the speed. Maybe Madi at his best could do this. I, I don't, I don't, I'm not comfortable really with anybody. And we haven't seen Huang play for us yet. So I'm not comfortable to tell you who I think can do
1: that out of this team. It's, it's interesting because <clears throat> anybody that hasn't listened to the deep dive will watch the deep dive that Ari did with Patrick Kasky on Huang. Go and check that out. He's a player that can play the eight, but he has played the six for the national team with South Korea quite often under Paolo Benzo. And again, listening to that, you could bring... Bring Juan back to the six. Theoretically, you're losing something in the midfield in terms of creativity, but he is some, he's a metronome player from what I've seen. He's good on the ball, like quick turn of pace. He can ping a ball, he can pass the ball, got vision. But then you lose something in midfield. But then again, looking at that 3 4 3 system or that system with the pivot, then the two midfielders in front, you're looking at two guys that are quite dynamic like strong strong profile players so you think about maddie camara and agibu camara at their best exactly to play that that press give that energy so if he can get those players to play that's something to think about but but again generally mate li- again li- what you've shown us is 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 phenomenal um kudos to you uh you're getting massive shout outs in in the in the comments here It it seems to me that the different the the team we're going to see in September is going to have to look very different in terms of personnel. Yeah, profiles.
0: We need different profiles of players uh, to to make this system as this looks like. Yeah, but the
2: the squad still doesn't fit. It seems like even with I'm trying to think like who, like even Jan and Via that one role, the pivot role, you. It sounds like the guy at Huddersfield was
0: quite mobile. Is yeah, he was right. Yeah, he, like, was te- he was not so good with the ball. Like, Yan and is on another planet in terms of his possession ability and ball control ability. But this guy, this guy ran nonstop. So, so I, I don't know Madu if you can
2: be the up role? and back. Like, is Mamadou Kane like, is that it? You know what I mean? Oh, Panayoti, like, thank you so much, man. I appreciate that. Like, um, I, I I don't know. I um, I think it's interesting. Is there a role for Pepe back? Is it even time to talk about Pepe coming back?
0: Like,
1: so six that pivot. A,
0: so here's the thing. Like here here are the players that uh, there's there's two, three players. No no. Two, I'll stick with two two that uh, at their best I think could fill this role. Right. So Mati's one of them. Mahdi at 2019, 2020, and even first half of um, like the post-COVID season where we played against Marseille that the when we saw the 4-3-3, that Mahdi can be that pivot. Maybe he's not the best ball winner. We don't need him to be. We just need him to be that space holder and to guy, the guy to anchor everything. He can do it. You, and from what I saw on the tape, if you guys saw the deep dive I did with Patrick, Huang can definitely do that. But it is a waste for us to have Huang back there because Huang can do so yes. much more. Huang is a he's an eight, he's box to box. He sure he can win the ball, but man, he has creative ability. He's 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 the closest thing. Little sneak peek if you haven't watched the deep dive, he's the closest thing we've had to Guillerme since we let Guillerme go. And I'm saying that right now, I'm all in on Huang. I loved what I saw. Patrick is super excited about him too. Patrick loved him and thought that he could be a great asset for. Uh, Rangers in Scotland, so that's high praise as well. I don't want to waste Huang back there, so Ma- that leaves Madi. I thought maybe Agibu, but again, I don't think Agibu, I- I'm not sure I'm comfortable with him playing in that six. It's- it's- even with the ball back there, you guys saw his distribution against uh, Maccabi. Yeah. Uh, no way. Do you want to chance right. that back there? No, Kunde,
2: baby. that's his time. It's his moment. I don't know.
0: He's, mobile enough. He's, he's mobile, mobile enough. he's mobile enough. He's mobile enough. That's true. That's that's a good shot lock. But I his body can't
2: that. his body like can't hold up. Like he's another guy that's like he plays three games, 90 minutes, full speed. It's just like nothing. I don't know. His body seems so fragile. Kunde, I feel like he had so many strains, ankle
0: turns. Um, I see there's a, a bunch of comments about Kane. Um uh, I'll just take the most recent one. I saw a few. Uh, what about Kane at this role? Angelo nine. Uh, my, my concern with Kane is his ball distribution. He's not the most technical player. He could run all day. He ha- The defensive aspect of this. Yes, but I don't, I don't think I, I just don't. Th- I'm not comfortable with him in the distributive role. Back there, because this this pivot is such an important part of the system. This guy has to be able to at least play the ball functionally. He doesn't have to be fancy. He doesn't have to be. He doesn't have to be a, a Guillerme. He doesn't have to be um, a Madi at its best. He has to be somebody that that just will get the job done and not take a lot of risks. Maybe like a um a, a, like a like a type of guy. You know what I mean? Knows what he's good at does it that's it gives us all every game something like that or maybe like a david fuster but that plays further deep that 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 that's the profile the personality that i would see that could succeed there i don't know what your what your thoughts are on that
1: i don't know if there's much more we can say like right now because yeah. i mean you've you've really provided a fantastic first overview like of what this guy is about what system he plays, how he plays. Like, if anybody's just joining now, go back and look at the charts that Ari brought up about how he plays, how Cordran likes to play in possession, how he likes to press, where the players are moving, what pieces are important. I encourage you, go back throughout this episode and look back at what Ari said with the charts that he brought up on the the board here. Other than that, guys, I mean, now we just have to, we have to start to see it on the pitch. First of all, get him announced, get him in the Olympiagos coaching kit, and he should be with the team on Thursday. What can he do in the short term? That's what we've got to see. Um, there was a nice comment earlier about the World Cup break in, in November, December. That's going to be an opportunity for him to, to work some more. Just, yeah, we just hope that it's not bad until then. Because... One of the things that I said earlier There's on... There's a I chance treated,
2: he doesn't make October.
1: Not, I'm not, not going to say that, but I, what, I ha- what I'm going to say is that he's the new coach.
0: Yeah.
1: It means that he needs support. The fans give your support. The club, the board, the decision makers, they need to support him now. Presumably, they've had these discussions... I said earlier that this guy has probably already looked at every single player that we have in our squad and knows our squad inside out. All 47 players. So he's going to go into this job knowing what he's getting into. Uh, And now the club needs to give him the tools to do the job. This is the option the club's gone for. They need to back him. They need to back him with transfers and allow him to do what he wants to do without the tools i worry but now it's now it's all going to going to be on the pitch guys
2: it's so difficult though like yeah. what are they going to back him like and um, i'm okay i'm going to say it from a fan's perspective two years now we've heard support martin support martins last week we said the same shit before the game support martins the club told us support martins like oh. There's a point where people like need to say, like, we need to see some fucking results and progress. You're clamoring support, support, support. Like you're you're it's running real thin. You know, the relationship here from the club with the fans, like we're tired of support, support, showing up, going everywhere and seeing shit. And also being disrespected by the players. They don't even come and clap the fucking fans. Like, what a disgrace they are. Um, So the club needs to do something for the fans. Like, I, I don't know what that is. But there needs to be a little bit of respect here. Because support, support, support. We have a new coach now. Support, support. We've heard support for two years. And we haven't seen shit for progress. So why don't you demonstrate us to something. That you're doing something. That's my opinion. We we've heard for support, give it to us. We need help. Fans are our strength. Like fuck off with it now. Like let's see something from you. Like why don't some heads roll behind the the scenes for what we've seen? Like why aren't some people fired? Why aren't people gone? Martinez is gone. gone. Okay, Martinez is gone. But what about the rest of them? They're all just gonna stay put. Like they have no. Our whole back room shuffled. We did. No. I, our back not. Shuffled. People I, I, are not, we, they not. There's some I, people I, not I, leaving I, who have I, some responsibility I, for this shit show we've witnessed for two years. So
1: I, I, I maybe know it's time Lever- for them
2: to take some responsibility. Also, this bullshit with Martins of how he's been stayed and treated like, oh, Martins is training the team, making the European list, you cowards. Like, fire the coach. Do you have any, do you have any balls? Like, you've brought us 4-0 with Maccabi Haifa, and you're too scared to go up in front of the fans and fire Martins and apologize. And you're gonna be the cowards to make him resign and have your shitty media attack Pedro Martins. I'm I'm so done with it. And now they're gonna tell us Monday with Corberan, we need the fans, we need support, go to the stadium. <laughs> it's I, I thought they would learn from Wednesday night, but we're going we're going right right back to the bullshit. All support to Corberan. Let's hope it's the best. But fuck me, no one even comes out to say sorry for 4-0 at home with Maccabi Haifa. You don't even fire the coach. You're kind of trying to, try to force him to resign. What a disgrace. Like, what a fucking disgrace. I, and the fans aren't happy. Like, Corberan, good luck to the yeah. guy. But Corberan is not Marcelo Bielsa. Like, he is not Pochettino. He's not a big contract. He's not a big name. They didn't really put the money out there after a massive failure. They're betting the house on a guy who was manager of Huddersfield Town. Good luck to you all. Good luck to the team for our sake I hope he does fantastic. The tactics seem interesting. But you the club has shown me they don't they didn't learn jack shit from Wednesday night. They couldn't even take out a little bit self-respect for this club and fired Martins and begged him to resign. Pay the money. You made the decision, you pay the money. That's uh, you made the decision to stick with Martins, you pay the money now that you reap the rewards. You don't have the balls to fire Martins. Are you kidding me? And then the media comes out. Martins is crazy. He's this, he's that. Because he was told, they were told by the club to say that. It's a fucking disgrace, man. It's a disgrace and we need to call it as it is. What a disgrace it is. I'm I'm fucking pissed off, to be honest with you, of how this whole thing has been treated. So good luck to Corberon, but fuck the propaganda. I'm so done with this shit of support and support and the way this... Sh- we lost 4-0 Maccabi Haifa. He's still here Sunday night. Are you kidding me? Fucking joke. He's going to resign. Like, what a disgrace from them. They should be in shame. And some of them should go. A lot of them should be gone. But that's my opinion. That's my opinion. That's my opinion. Not Gate 7 International. That's my opinion. Fucking I, I disgrace.
1: Can, I, I can relate to the things you've said in a sense that three, four weeks ago, sorry to bring back uh, Dirty Laundry. But three, four weeks ago, we were talking about Sabatini. We were talking about Morgan De Sanctis. There, we saw there were big changes being made in the back room. Technocrats leaving their posts. Lina Suluku out. Uh, Nikos Gavalas changing posts, etc. Uh, and then, of course, you know, comes out and says we've been talking with 30 technical directors it wasn't De Sanctis that was favorite it wasn't Sabatini we're talking to 20 or 30 people and then nothing and the club says Torosidis is technical director Modesto is Chief Scout uh Carabé is sporting director where's Christian Karebe? what does Vasilis Torosidis do as a technical director is he a technical director like fabio paratici is at tottenham is he a technical director like Mozzi is at sevilla what does he do but like, this this is what has annoyed me it's just we're just jumping from one thing to the other and I'm just looking for quick fixes and and i'm sorry like as as optimistic and fascinated as i was by that unbelievable analysis that Ari presented to us on what Corbaran can do with that formation. That sounds brilliant, but it doesn't sound like this Olympiacos team can do it. And I may be jumping the gun here, but of course I would have liked to see the club commit and say, we fucked up. We shouldn't have renewed Martins. Things have been going wrong for a long time. I'm going to splash the money and I'm going to try and bring Pochettino in or something. I don't know. But like, It's a massive risk. Even the
2: club, the the club, this is for them right now. You uh, like the cowardice of the media didn't say one bad word for Martins. He's good. He's doing these things Thursday, Thursday morning. They all come. They say he's crazy. He's by himself. He's not right. He's not a normal person. He's lost his mind. Fucking disgrace. You send the media out to do your bidding to make the guy resign. You're a jo- like you organize all these people to force him to resign because you don't want to pay the money because you fucked up. What a disgrace, man. What a disgrace. It's just it's a joke. And we got to call it by name. Now the newspapers tell us Corberan turned down the Premier League for Olympiakos, Vlakies, Opospada. And but we're, we're, we're expect to eat this up. Eat this up. Eat this up. Fucking bullshit. And Nobody
1: believes that anymore. Nobody no, but
2: let's be Do they think we're idiots? Do they think we're idiots? Like, I, I can't take it anymore. You know, it, it's over. It's over. And they need to realize that it, it's not it's not 2002. You don't get your news from the goddamn newspaper. We We read. We analyze things. We have brains. We're not as stupid as they seem to think. And to to not even come out and apologize. Not re- first things first. They should have refunded all the fans who were there. They begged everyone to come. Please, please come. Please, 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 please come. And then Monday, no, last week you announced. Oh, tickets are on sale for next week without even without even announcing. Martine's gone. You have no shame. You you have no shame asking people to buy tickets when you can't even fire your coach. You're too scared. That's fine. That's beautiful. I don't know. No one was fired except for Martins. It's all Martine's fault. Some people told you Martins was done long time ago, but the media said he's all okay. The backroom says it's all okay. I'm, I'm done with it. And I, I've held off from saying like a lot of these things. I'm going to be real honest from here on forward. Like this is over like this bullshit. The lines, Martine's going to turn it around. We're going to do it around you. You, the look at the the level of incompetence and what it's led us to so we don't even have a technical director are you kidding me like i don't know who makes the transfers christian carambe is like what is he 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 doesn't make transfers let's be real so
0: let's see that's that's my point I feel, I feel, I feel what you're saying, and I, I understand. I have because deep like, pain
2: because I see Olympiacos is like a third-rate, just bullshit. Like they, like how it is being treated, like it's a joke, and they think we're we're idiots. That's the thing I I love. Like when I read that that headline, it's just like incredible. It's it's incredible. It's really I incredible. So I don't know if it's if an it's insult that they think for intelligence, idiots.
0: I just think that, like, look, man, when you're when you're in when you're in in a bubble, you know what I mean. You're in like your space and you're just doing the things that are in there over and over again. You don't always pay attention to what's going on on the outside. You know what I mean? And I I believe a hundred percent that a lot of the, that a lot of like what goes on, everyone's very insulated, and you know they do what they do. They're inside that bubble, and then they they don't maybe don't see or pay attention to what's going on outside i don't necessarily think they think we're idiots i just think that they are insulated i do i they very much no believe criticism.
2: that there's no such thing as criticism you that, go read yeah, read an article great. of the yeah. athletic compa- talking about a football team in the in england yeah. and compare i agree it with you to the shit we have to read like yeah, in that's sport, Greece, man. I'm going to call them Sport24, Gazeta, Todeka GR, the, the worst. Jesus Christ, it's a joke. But, like, look at the analysis you read in these papers and you're like, what is it, 1994? Big name is coming, bomb is coming. <laughs> like, you're going to tell me about a player, not like bomb is coming and BS that masks the problems of the team. Anyway it's a joke it's a joke if someone could be brave enough to take a stand and actually write what people think and what should be said that would be fantastic and maybe people in the press conference like martinez wasn't asked like a serious question in 3 years can we no, ask a true. question of our coach can we ask is it is it illegal to ask a question
1: tuesday there have night no there've been no post matches yeah,
2: there's been no post matches what is this north korea anyway tuesday Tuesday at the press conference that I'm forced to have before a European game, I would have opened my microphone and I said, how do you feel, Pedro Martins? If you lose this game, you're going to be sacked and you've been playing really bad football for a little while. Are you he scared banged, you're going to lose job? He would your have job? banged on the desk. He's going to bang on the table. Then bang on the table, man. He doesn't even get the opportunity to bang on the table because as they say, Mr. Martins, uh, yeah. the team hasn't created a lot. You think that'll all change tomorrow? What a question, boss. Like, you really thought that one through? It's incredible. It's incredible. I don't know.
0: Yeah, but It's no different. What about all the softball questions we saw for the Greek national team with JVS? Yeah, but it's the same. It's also, it's,
2: it's not a mistake that Greece is one of the worst ranked media, like, press freedom in all of Europe. And do you think that's, like, doesn't come through to the sports? No, of course <laughs> not, man. Of course not. <laughs> yeah.
0: It's... Yeah, I'm with you. But anyway, but that's look, my main point. We, we, we get... deserved an apology,
2: and we deserved Martins fired Wednesday night. We didn't, I we didn't deserve another propaganda campaign about forcing him to resign. And if he was yeah. right, he would resign. I'm, this isn't look, a movie. The coach isn't going to come after the game and be like, I I apologize. I resign. You, this is the real world. You fire the coach. No one is going to pass a few million euros on the table and resign. What is this, a movie? Like, what is this, Rocky?
0: Like, someone's going to be like, I suck. I resign. Fucking joke. Listen, man. All uh, right. I, I I feel you, uh-huh. dude. I I understand the frustration. I'm with you. It sucks. We we're in we were in this position. Mart, you, they should have. You're right. They should have. They should have fired him. This should have been handled better. There should have been a plan. Sometimes it 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 doesn't feel like there's a plan. So it it really doesn't. Sometimes I'm with you. But the fact the fact of the matter is, it's it's a new Libyakos now with under under Corberon. It's a new direction. whether or not whether or not this is uh, it's gonna work, we'll see we'll see what happens. we but we we you know we, we support we're gonna support this guy. it's we're gonna give him the chance. Martinez was given a chance. Martinez earned a lot of the goodwill that he had. He lost it in the end, but he did earn that and I think I think that as much as we are you know shit on the club for a lot of decisions that were be made that were being made, we also have to recognize, that our club is the first club in a very very long time to ever have faith in somebody like it did even when things went poorly maybe it was misplaced faith okay but how many other clubs in greece would ever do that re- in the last 10 years anybody no we we at least took the way i see this in the long term right and i'm not disagreeing i'm not disagreeing with the fact that uh, things were a mistake and things should have been done a different way and that Martins ended up failing in the end but this 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 whole this last four years at the very least was a step towards stability or the fact that we could achieve some kind of stability in coaching maybe in some kind of direction of the club so I get I get it but I think I think um I there's growing pains and there's, there's pains that are going to continue to happen at this club before it gets better. Unfortunately, before we can actually become operate, ever operate
1: like an elite
0: European club.
1: Yeah. So that point that point you raised about like stability and having a manager in the long term for five years. And I know it's been talked about on other channels as well. And in the, in the press, but five seasons at Olympiacos, man, <sighs> I think somebody on the radio called that. You know, compared that to twenty years in a in a coal mine. That, that is is ridiculous. And we always talk about the Luciano interview as well. And in a, in a perfect world, had COVID not happened, probably Martins would have found another job after that UEFA run. Exactly in the, Europa, in the Europa League. And I do believe that that whole situation completely fucked this club. It really fucked us. Like when we were really evolving into yeah what, what we dream about olympiakos being like an elite european football club when we talk about we keep on dreaming because that team i bet, like i think we all believe could have gone all the way and it was unjust like what happened that season but that was that was then this is now i see other teams in greece trying to replicate what we did in a sense that Tr- they've invested in managers, coaches. Jovanovic is a good coach. At Barcelona, Almeida played good football in Mexico. With uh, was it Chivas Guadalajara? Played mm-hmm. good football. Anybody that that's, that's watched Mexican football, uh, Aris. They bought another guy, another assistant assistant coach of, of Simeone. They look pretty good. They look pretty good. It's going to be, like, I know we we kind of have the tendency to say this every, every year, like when a new season's about to begin. But it legit does look to me that there is going to be more competition this year. And we saw at the end of last season how hard it was for us to finish the league off. So when I see comments like this, I'm sorry to single this out. 47 times champions and it's a joke. It's a joke that don't go hand in hand. Nobody's taking away the 47. But what's the competition? Was there competition last year? Was the competition the year before that? The last time we had any remote kind of competition in the Greek league was the 2019 season. And even that, like, we we finished it comfortably. When when we when we beat Balk to the title after they'd won it the season before us, this league. Get it into your heads. Most of you know it. This league hasn't been competitive since Greece was in the top ten of the UEFA coefficients. That's the truth, and we've just been walking it every year, and yeah, we've been walking it because we have invested money, like, we have bought in players, we have been the best team. But best team compared to what? So this year's gonna be it's gonna be more difficult. And I think we're starting from a lower from a lower position than than normally going into the seasons. Um If we're favourites, I don't think the odds are that far apart. Balantanagos has made some very good moves, in my opinion. They bought this guy, Verbić, former Dynamo Kiev player. I don't know where he's been recently. Uh, The other Slovenian striker. I think there are two Slovenian internationals up front. They're talking about bringing in Roberto Pereira now. The guy that played in the Premier League, playing for Udinese. Things are happening in the league. And again, the other teams, they have good coaches. So uh, we're not... Labro isn't shitting on everyone, or like you know, being Labro, having a Labro run. Because <laughs> no, didn't...
2: I'm just tired. I'm just tired. Like I'm, I'm really tired.
1: Um, there are issues. There are issues that are not talked about in the Greek press. We're also, not Greek and press. we're, not Greek, we're not Greek press.
2: And also, I don't think you like as we've gotten bigger and closer and closer to the things like. You get a clearer image, and we've gotten a very clear image. And I'll say my imi- my opinion stems from that, maybe from things that we know that are not so clear to everyone else. And I don't need to build upon any of that, but
0: that's where my opinion draws from. Um, uh, do uh, that. The same commenter had a couple other comments, and um, I think. Um, Dumanschik, I think what you're you're saying here: we should never build based point. on what the others do, but what others do affect our capabilities as well. That that's not lost on us. And I actually think the former part: we we shouldn't ba- build based on what others do is is what we're talking about here. It's and Costa already brought that up Be- because of the fact we're saying that there hasn't been competition. We can't build with what their quality is. We have our sights have been set towards Europe, and as far as we have been concerned this club should be building for Europe. Because if we build for Europe, we're going to continue to win Greece by default. This year's getting tougher, but that's, I think that's the point that's being made here. We don't disagree with you on that. And and we're not shitting on those titles by any reason. The the whole point that we're making is that that we we're we're on a different level and we need to continue acting like that. That is the point that Lambo's making. It's the exact same thing that you're saying. Yeah.
2: We just need to build, we need to build like, how many years did we take champions league money and have good experiences in the champions league? Like a lot of those Greek teams never touched Europe for years. They never had the opportunity to modernize, to take this money, to do something with it. We have exceptional youth facilities at Olympiakos, exceptional training facilities. Literally anyone will tell you that who has been there. Um, Easily a fantastic stadium, fantastic pitch. Um, we just need to take the next step. There's a few things that need to be done: data, scouting, analytics, and
1: well,
2: not hiding behind We do, that. Behind, it, we we, do we, that. We've started we I don't Wong, know if we were using it before, like, yeah, which is the problem. We so. weren't using step it. Step in the right direction. Like, let's say you think Francois Modesto would have signed Huang, would he have signed Leidner and all of these players? These players are straight from the data analytics and scouting department. And we can say that for a fact because we know it. It's And, it, right. and we can also say for a fact, Francois Modesto blocked a shit ton of transfers that came from the transfer <laughs> from the scouting and data department. Um, there's been a change in approach at Olympia, of course, And that's a step in the right direction. If we can build on that and get another... Uh, another uh scouting director who believes in the same thing that would be fantastic and also if we could move past the propaganda if we could move past the line to the fans insulting of intelligence that would be great if the it, it, and and that's all I will say i think that's all i really have to say tonight it's a new beginning for Olympiacos, but for me guys it's not a new beginning the things that went wrong Wednesday were not corrected with carlos Corbe- Corberan. Okay, there we go. I almost forgot his name. Um, that's well, all I got to
1: say. I think this is a new subscriber. Thanks for subscribing, mate. Um, Says, so Do you think I said Corner Man earlier? I called him Corner Man. <laughs> Corner, <laughs> oh, Corner Man. Oh, shit. I, wanna, I love I wanna, that. I want to say something about Corner Man, because uh, here's a statistic. I don't know if you know this one, Ari. Um, Huddersfield had the best record in the championship last season. Uh, with regards to set pieces, uh, set piece goals conceded, they were number one in terms of goals con- uh, goals not conceded from set right. pieces. Right, least goals so they conceded. They were the best. Yeah, yeah. they were yeah. the best defensive team when defending set pieces. What is what has olibiagos been horrible at the last three seasons?
0: Set pieces. Set pieces. Terrible.
1: And also, just like set pieces in general, even offensively,
0: yeah, there's been awful. nothing.
1: There's been nothing innovative. And um, some of you may have watched, like, there's a Sky Sports interview. I think you can find on YouTube, and they make a point about Corberan being a being a wizard when it comes to set pieces. That's something to look out for as well. I think they scored a lot of goals from set pieces last season. Something to think about.
0: Yep. I, I didn't see a lot of set pieces concede. I didn't compare it to anything, but that doesn't surprise me. They look pretty solid. And they don't do zone marking. FYI. <laughs> I, we won't
1: get into that though. Thank Fuck. <laughs> I'm done. I'm like and, and there was some other messages like that were shitting on Pedro Martins. And I said it before his successes. We recognize just as much as we recognize his failures. And nobody's fucking perfect. His circle closed at the club for I think for all of us three. A while ago. And now people are saying now they're going to training and saying, Eglis so Giglos with time to leave. That ended a while ago. And that's one of the reasons we have some grievances and why you see some of us are stressed. We're all stressed. We're all anxious. We all want to turn things around. We haven't seen football for a year and a half. That's why we get a little bit stressed sometimes.
2: And we're told to shut shut the fuck up. If you complained, you're whining. You're not real Olupiako. Support the team. You're full of shit. You don't know football. Trust the experts. Look what the experts brought us. Bullshit, like usual. Let's see what they bring us now. Hopefully, um, hopefully you support Colbertan and you see what 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 happens hopefully this shit doesn't happen again
0: but Let, let's see transfer roundup move on from let's this let's
1: do it let's, let's do, do it. it can i just bring this up real quick anything Go new for, for a goalkeeper strato says um yeah I, I think i i'm gonna say i think we do need a goalkeeper i think i'm not i'm not feeling i'm not feeling secure in that position you can't sell match in particular. You can't last sell match in particular. That, you, maybe Don't sell him. I don't know what, but we need a keeper. I think we need a keeper. No rumors, though. We don't know.
2: But you yeah, can't sell uh, him, not because he's untouchable. You can't sell him for other reasons, which I'm not going to mention. He's going to go to that club, and they'll see why they can't buy him.
1: But anyway, <laughs> we'll find what out. What else we got? There's been Ruben Samedo talks this week as well. Apparently, he's in Doha. Oli received a bid from Al Dihail for 3 million for 50% of his rights. Tag him and bag him. Get him the hell out of here. He's already in Qatar, apparently. That's a fantastic deal for me. 50% of his rights for 3 million. Get him out. Done deal. Uh, What else do we got? We mentioned the Samuel Umtiti rumors earlier looks like he's going back to france now if you believe the rumors that are surfacing today um what else do we have obviously uh juan Imbom has been announced the ron laden has been announced as well what else do we have jordan Larson was mentioned as, as a potential target up front swedish awesome. international yeah swedish international free agent right now the son of henrik Larson. I like that I like it very much and with Hassan Hassan and Tequino receiving bids it looks like we need transfers all over the park like people are bringing up Bardi as well from Levante uh, Spanish media says that deal has been agreed for 3 million 3 million plus, plus 1.5 in bonuses and you know appearance based uh appearance based fees we need transfers everywhere guys and there was a question from panagiotis exarchos earlier as well you know what other positions are key in in cobra system behind the six uh, besides the six center backs wing backs
0: ball playing center back
1: yeah ball playing center backs plural yeah. striker and there are, I think to me it looks like we're we're talking about 10 to 15 players out by the end of the window and possibly 10 to few, 10 players in you can I'm going to record this soundbite and see if I got it right mm. on 15th of September we'll see
0: also there's Fortuny's comments guys get Fortuny's out of your head get him get him out of your head Dakis took I last talked about this also if you listen to him just get him out of your head as I pinch
1: know us pinch us out with Takis, but I think yeah, yeah.
0: I'm just, I'm just saying, just, just get right now, guys. Get him out of your head. We, we would all love to see him back. We all remember the magic. We all remember what he, what he could offer this team. But for your own sanity, just get it out of your head. Two surgeries later, and re- even with the coach out, you know, we, we you've all heard rumors. We've all heard rumors since he's been here about how he is and how he is off the field so just get that out of your head guys at this point i would love i would love to see him back again but at this point i just think it's better for everybody if we just act like it's it, it, the relationship between the is done and your health is better for it just forget about it
1: yeah guys I, i'm in agreement with that i'm not hoping for any kind of return for costas fortunes to the club frankly i think it's done yeah it's over we enjoyed him we saw the best of him and let's remember that and mm. whatever happens now isn't my at least for me isn't my concern anymore um i know some fans sung his name the other day i don't think i
2: messiah sung his name
1: too he's not any kind of <laughs> messiah
2: what's that i sung his name too
1: <laughs> yeah we were together
2: another one who was fucked by the club
1: yeah that's, i think it's more, i think it's more complicated than that anyway. it always
0: is with him it's always more complicated I, I could wanna... tell you guys. I could tell you guys a story about about him and Cambiaso, but that'll be for later. He's, oh, and, sounds... and the
2: thing about Fortunis, one last thing is like he's probably not even that good. He's just torn his ACL t- two times. Yeah, is it's there so any hard footballer who can that? like come back from that? Are you kidding me? But like, just the way of... he was treated, he wasn't even given a chance. But maybe that's for some reason behind the scenes. Who knows? Yeah. That story yeah. will come one day when he's gone and he's on a podcast with Betarades or something, and he gives yeah. the lowdown of what happened, like Siopis out. did three months ago about how he played with injection. Shit like that always comes out in like an interview five, ten years later. So maybe it's Kate Seven International that interviews Costas Fortunis why he left Olympiacos. Yeah. That'd be
0: a cool interview. <laughs> that yeah. would be that would be. Maybe I, I just want to hear about his other, like his. Like the field
1: stuff with him, to be honest with you, but that would be cool too.
2: Yeah, we'll see.
1: No, we can add that to the bucket list. There you go. I just want to answer this comment as well, real quick. Uh, Buddy Yannis Spinos. Saying that we were good on attacking set pieces last year. You know what, mate? I think Cissé was really good on attacking set pieces. <laughs> <stuff. Yeah. laughs> I agree with that. I agree with that 100%. cisse was really good on set pieces. Actually,
0: you know who was really good on set pieces? And after I did the Huang deep dive, I didn't realize it until after. Guillerme. Guillerme, Guillerme was, was an good, animal. man. He was an animal on didn't set he pieces. He
2: scored two goals against Victoria. He had a couple of them, man. Yeah, I, yeah. I
0: completely forgot about those. Just random tidbit.
2: One epic player. Fuck
0: miss that guy those were the days
1: okay i think we're gonna wrap up soon we're gonna wrap up now right guys but like there's some questions about the basketball team guys basketball team pride and joy of this club right now i'm just gonna say it i'm really looking forward to basketball i know we don't talk about basketball enough uh we're more football guys we do uh have check out red point guard they do fantastic job those guys that work on the blog there um, they come on the show from time to time as well, so yeah, maybe we'll do a basketball episode soon. There's enough going on in football right now, so we're busy enough, but yeah, very exciting times with the basketball team. Thank
0: you, Nicole OO, whatever that means. <laughs>
1: <laughs> 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 Shit. Yes, uh. Yes sir that that that, that was that, that was the tactic for uh, for Maccabi wasn't it but we'll just throw the ball up to Tekenia and hope so somebody uh, runs onto a flick on or something
0: Exactly Uh sale I I actually know nothing about <laughs> basketball but this Libya team I watched more basketball last year than I have my whole life so I am a basketball fan now but no you won't ever hear me on the I know nothing about basketball I
1: can't give you analysis on that sorry
2: yeah well
1: Th- uh, thank you for this comment as well but like I do I do like I, the like Onis- I do like the Onis very much and he's been very very kind to us as well and helped us yeah with stuff. A, I like him
2: also recently to be honest like with some of his lives I feel like he's been a lot more honest than yeah, any him. other Anyone. Greek journalist we've had maybe Padelis from uh, Sport24 yeah, yeah but this is in his own.
1: But this is in his own kind of world. Yeah, but yeah, yeah.
2: yeah. Anyway, don't want uh... to call people out or something. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> okay. DM us, buddy. Yeah, DM us if you actually. Yeah, do if good you want analysis. to.
2: Yeah, we can. We have our site as well. Blogs are going to be returning hopefully soon. Um,
1: yeah. www.gate7inc.com com, get that loaded up for this season as well but that is all time all the time that we've got for today been going late almost midnight did uh this hello yeah costas leonis did speak on
2: spore fm it's on their youtube channel about new coach carlos corberan so if you're a greek language speaker costas leonis was on their youtube channel or he was on the radio, and then they uploaded onto their YouTube channel. If you want to listen to it, it's live, I think.
0: <laughs> <laughs> uh, that, that, that story was hilarious. Castillo's Instagram story from Paris, Paris underscore Zaf for the audio listeners. Castillo comes out of retirement, teaches them how to dribble. Neri Castillo had a hilarious story. Uh, it was basically, like, I've never seen 11 players <laughs> on the pitch
2: that could
1: dribble. That was i died man that was so funny <sighs> i want to i want to end on a positive note because like, yeah
2: we got a new coat like why are we so depressed like well we know why we're depressed you but were anyway depressed. like i'm still <laughs> depressed. worried i'm depressed
1: man like i'm so depressed much man. lick dribbled in the last game guys don't forget that risk that not risky you know no risk dribble that he did in, on the attacker but anyway um no it's true like we have a new coach coming in I think that there, ha- there has to be a reaction from the dressing room anytime there's a new yes. coach coming in it's an opportunity it's a fresh start it's a clean slate there has to be a reaction from the players I think we will see something better on Thursday um voila and and for the rest like we'll we'll judge it as we see it as we always do guys anything else to add that's it uh, Doran yeah. Ledner deep dive will be done Uh,
0: I should have it either done tonight or tomorrow. So you guys will see that early this week. And if Bardy signs, I'll get that done as fast as possible as well. I have some surprises I'm hoping I'll be able to get for you guys
1: on those as well. And don't miss that. Next deep dive coming up. If you haven't subscribed, hit the subscribe button. Hit the bell. As soon as that episode's up, it will flash up on your device. And you can go and watch Ari Scout Report deep dive into those new players we're gate 7 international until next time by the fans for the fans thank you for watching see you next time